My dad's famous line is, and I think I said this on episode one, is if you're if you're drinking beer, you're watching the party. If you're drinking bourbon, you are the party. There <laughs> <laughs> this is episode 243 of Bourbon Pursuit. I'm Kenny, one of your hosts, and how about some Pursuit series news? Now, we don't want to use this as a self-serving platform, but lots of people want updates on what's happening, so here's the latest. Last week, Ryan and I visit our barrel broker where we get to do what's sort of unusual in the bulk source market, where we get to actually hand select every barrel. Now, we've talked about this before and you're going to hear about it more, but this time we tasted through 22 barrels and wound up choosing three barrels of 10-year Tennessee bourbon, and then we also selected two barrels of a special rye. We've got a few months until the rye will be bottled, but this stuff blew our minds at only four years old because it had such fruity and bubblegum flavors that I think it's going to take everybody by surprise. We've also purchased four more barrels from Finger Lakes Distilling, and we'll be releasing more of those relatively soon. We've got other things in the works as well, and you can get all those updates for upcoming barrels in our Patreon community. Lastly, we have finally touched down in Georgia, and more specifically in Atlanta where there are select retailers with limited amounts of episode 21, and it tastes just like candied pecans. Next week, we have two more barrels going up for sale to our Patreon community first before they are released to the general public, and one of these barrels is our first ever 15-year-old bourbon release. It might just be one of my favorites because you know I love that oak. All right, let's get on with the industry news. Right now, coronavirus is on everyone's radar, and we all know the travel industry is hurting because events held worldwide are being canceled. But what does that mean for the spirits industry? Chinese consumers are really tailored more to scotch and cognac and baijiu, where it's going to be hit hardest. Diageo has already cut its full-year 2020 profit forecast by up to $260 million as bars and restaurants in Greater China remain empty. Beam Suntory said that the coronavirus situation is creating challenges in key Asia markets in its 2019 full-year results. Pernod Ricard anticipates the outbreak will have a severe impact on its China and travel retail business and cut its guidance for organic growth and profit from reoccurring operations for fiscal 2020 to 2-4% from its previous expectations of 5-7%. In response to the industry demand for greater clarity during global threats, IWSR Drinks Market Analysis, which is the leading authority on data and intelligence on the global beverage alcohol market, has revealed plans to launch the IWSR Coronavirus Risk Assessment Model, also known as CRAM. The tool will quantify and forecast the impact of key global events, giving industry leaders data-driven insights and situational forecasts to navigate the situation and manage risks. To commemorate the celebration of its 150th anniversary, Old Forester is opening the first ever Whiskey Row Retreat. It's going to be a unique, immersive bourbon apartment experience. One lucky winner and a guest will be invited to stay at Whiskey Row Retreat during National Bourbon Day on June 14th. And the entire guest experience at the Whiskey Row Retreat will center around unprecedented access to the production of the bourbon, the brand, and the people behind Old Forester. The contest winner and a guest will be invited to partake in special activities at the Old Forester Distilling Company, including experiencing the process of creating a barrel, joining Jackie Zykin in a single barrel selection, and custom cocktail classes, such as learning how to make the brand's signature perfect old-fashioned. To enter the Whiskey Row Retreat contest, fans 21 and older 
can enter by sharing an essay on why they think they should be chosen to win and stay at the Whiskey Row Retreat. And you can do this by visiting oldforester.com slash whiskey row retreat. The entry for deadline is April 20th of 2020. Four Roses Small Batch Select is expanding beyond its 2019 initial launch of only being in five states. New markets where Small Batch Select will be available in the coming months include Colorado, Florida, Illinois, Indiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, New Jersey, North Carolina, Ohio, Tennessee, Washington, and Wisconsin. Independent Stave Company and the Boswell family, who you might remember Brad Boswell, the CEO, back on episode 185, are giving $1 million to the University of Kentucky to further spirits research at the James B. Bean Institute for Kentucky Spirits. The gift will fund a new maturation facility that will allow the Bean Institute to experiment with barrel aging spirits produced in its research distillery. The only one of its kind in the United States, this new warehouse will have a 600 barrel capacity and become an interactive classroom and laboratory where students and scientists can tackle real life industry issues. Do you find yourself talking to the same people every day about bourbon and realize you talk to them more than maybe some of your best friends from school? I think we're all in that same situation now and that's what today's episode is all about. Bourbon has a magical element to it that seems to bring people together across every demographic and share a common bond. But perhaps you're getting started and you want to figure out how do you find your bourbon people? We sit down with Jeremy Mandel. He's an admin and founder of a few Facebook communities, and he's also one of our Patreon supporters. We go through what it takes to find connections with other like-minded individuals that can be done either online with people around the world, or perhaps it's in your own backyard with meetup groups, bourbon societies, and much more. You'll come away at the end of this realizing you've probably followed some of these same steps already without even realizing it. And hey, if you want to be a part of another community, join us on Patreon, where we are 700 plus members strong and growing every single week. As a final reminder, we are doing our 2020 Bourbon Pursuit audience survey, and we want to know more about you, our listeners. So if you've got 30 seconds to spare, and I promise it's only 30 seconds, please visit bourbonpursuit.com slash 2020 survey. All right, it's time for the show. Here's Fred Minnick with Above the Char. I'm Fred Minnick, and this is Above the Char. Money. Oh, we talk about it. It's the root of all evil. And we wish we had more of it, and people tell themselves that money can't buy you happiness. Well, you know, money is very, very, very important. And right now, you have distillers from Washington to Florida, and from Texas to South Dakota, all scrambling, going to banks, venture capitalists, private investors, angel share people, friends, family. Hell, you might even just randomly run into someone in the airport. You're hitting them up for money. There are so many people looking for money in this space. And people just don't understand whiskey. I sometimes wonder what the world would look like in the distilling business. If mainstream businesses understood what this world encompassed, that in fact, that bourbon is its own audience. Bourbon is as big as a sports team or a NFL franchise or even a sports league. It's bigger than a lot of television shows. And if people would actually just kind of wake up and look past the alcohol aspect, 
we may be hearing about brands that you never even knew about. But because somebody can't get the money that they need to start the distillery of their dreams, we're not going to hear about them. And there are people like Cedar Ridge in Iowa, where the farmer, the, the winemaker, he leveraged his house, everything that he owns, his land. I mean, I think he might even leverage a kidney or two just to start the brand Cedar Ridge. He kept believing in it, he kept believing in it, and he kept believing in it. And then finally, he got a big, big break. And that is just it. Everybody needs a break in this business. But it all starts with the money. And I'll be damned if there's just not enough of it to go around. And that's this week's Above the Chart. Hey, did you know that I have got a new podcast? It's in the music interview section. So help me become uh, the number one music interview podcast on Apple. Go over there and search for my name, The Fred Minnick Show. And then we'll have the number one bourbon podcast and the number one music interview podcast. Go check it out. Until next week, cheers. And they're off for another Get 270-2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at give270.org. Charitable gaming license ORG 000 do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to noseyourbourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof, and the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. Welcome back to an episode of Bourbon Pursuit, the official podcast of Bourbon. Kenny, Ryan, and Fred here talking about a fun cultural topic. You know, this is this is something that even this podcast wouldn't have started 
if it wasn't for the type of pot or the, uh, the topic that we are actually talking about tonight. And it's kind of really, um, I guess you could say it's a way that you, you branch out a little bit, you end up growing. We've all had friends that we get through, uh, school and college or work or anything like that. And then you end up finding, Oh, I can find friends, uh, friends and other things such as hobbies. And, and really bourbon is one of those things that we talk about all the time. It's what brings people together. And uh, that's kind of what brought this podcast together. I mean, Brian was really on the idea of, hey, let's start a bourbon podcast. And I think I know this guy named Kenny. Yeah, we weren't really friends. And so uh, <laughs> we were we were we were acquaintances at that point, really. Well, we, ironically enough, we both liked EDM before uh, <laughs> before bourbon. So that was the introduction. And then the bourbon kind of brought us together. But yes, bourbon has definitely like I'm amazed at how many people and how vast my network has become just because of bourbon and like it's crazy like it's just nuts it's it's a cool very cool thing and very humbling thing so yeah i'm excited to talk about it because it's i've been so blessed to meet so many fortunate people fred included uh not just doing your yard we're now friends and so um <laughs> i feel yeah, good I mean, we're, we were actually friends before that too <laughs> yep exactly so yeah i feel good because we're Fred and I were, you know, we're Facebook official friends. So I that's feel like true. I made it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. We get to see everything that's happened in our personal lives and it's kind of grown since there. And now, and now we're gotten to the point where I think, is there a day that goes by? We all don't text each other. Uh, I don't think there is actually. Yeah. So no, it's, it's like, it's like, uh, <laughs> our text, like part of my Fred and, Fred and I's text chain started like 6 a.m. Kenny chimes in about 10 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you always get started way too early. I don't know how you do it. It's not by choice. Yeah. I got a, I got a five-year-old elbowing me in the back. Daddy, get up. Daddy, get up. <laughs> so our guest just chimed in there. So let's go ahead and introduce him and, and kind of really start talking about the meat of the subject. So tonight we are joined by Jeremy Mandel. Jeremy is a, a member of our Patreon community and came to us with this topic. So Jeremy, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I've uh, been listening to you forever. Really happy to be here. Hopefully, wow. we're making a dream come true tonight. You were on Bourbon Pursuit. Thanks I've, for putting up with us all these years. For I can't even tell you how long. <laughs> yeah, don't don't meet your idols. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a terrible idea. We're lame. <laughs> so, Jeremy, let's hear your your kind of coming to age tale of of Bourbon. How did how did you really get into it? Was there a first sip or some sort of introduction? Growing up. Um, I had a, you know, like I would imagine a lot of people do just in high school. Um, I guess I shouldn't say that, but. Um, I'm pretty sure it's common. We've yeah. even mas- even master distillers say they started. Yeah. A- but we had a little poker group with some friends and there was, we would always try and get a bottle of something for our games. And um, we found a, because then it truly was finding. Um, we were fine. We found a bottle with a nice little horse on the top and it was a round little ball and. Um, my goodness, it was delicious. Um, so that was back when you could like go into a store and buy some Blantons. Um, but that kind of kicked it off, uh, went through college and then, uh, probably, I don't know, two, three years after graduating college and went to the university of Arizona, um, was talking to a buddy of mine, Tori Levy, who was in my fantasy football league. Uh, he, beat beat all of us and when i sent him the money he sent me a picture of 
him cracking a uh, Pappy 15. And I had read about that, but I'd never had it or even knew anyone that could get it. So I said, how the heck did you get that thing? Um, and then he showed me, oh my goodness, there is bourbon on the internet. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was just kind of a spiral from there. Um, but you know, from there you meet a whole bunch of people, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, kind of create a little bourbon community. And that's kind of how this whole series of cardboard boxes behind me came to be. Yeah. We we're about to mm -hmm. say that that kind of justifies your, uh, your, your level of commitment to this. I, I think, <laughs> I think all of us have, uh, a room in the house or a closet of something that just has boxes of uh, or I should say just cardboard boxes stacked with inside a each level other of commitment so much as it's a level of cheapness <laughs> that too <laughs> i i certainly don't want to pay four dollars for a box so my goodness yep yeah yeah every I time i get an amazon package i'm like is this gonna be yeah, good for uh, future use <laughs> <laughs> to ship something well it, it gets it gets to the point now where you can train your significant other when they understand what the, the right size box is and they'll be like, honey, I, I saved this for you. Yeah. Th my wife said, you know, this is the perfect box to get some of those little stupid bottles that you do. <laughs> What's the stupid <laughs> bottles? The two ounce, the two ounce samples. Oh, ah, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. little, but it's perfect for your little stupid bottles. <laughs> well, she's supportive of the hobby. That's great. Um, supportive in that this is existing, but she certainly gives me crap all the time. Oh yeah. Well, is it, isn't that her job though, to give you a little shit? I think so. Yeah. Just join the club at that point. Right. So you're yeah. fine. <laughs> so I guess let's go ahead and kind of talk about, um, you know, we can each share some of these stories of, of how we got introduced to it. And, and Fred, I don't know if we've ever heard your story, like kind of how we're, you know, did, did, did somebody introduce you to bourbon? Um, and, and sort of how did that, that process oh. start? Yeah, I, man, I was drinking bourbon and, um, you know, I didn't actually drink in high school like that. So I was not, uh, you know, the only times that I had drank in high school definitely was, it wasn't bourbon. He was smoking weed. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing hard drugs. He was doing then. those double dragon drinks. <laughs> and, uh, so when I went to college, uh, I became a, a big, um, you know, beam drinker. And, uh, you know, my first legal drink was, you know, uh, Jim Beam White. And I remember going into the liquor store at that time and there, there was like old Fitzgerald and well, I mean, think I've all, I've thought about this a lot. I wish I could travel back in time to Stillwater, Oklahoma when I was, you know, just turning 21, which would have been 2000 and, and just like clean those shelves out because they were loaded loaded with stuff that now I would, you know, I've spent four or 500 to $1,200 on. So it's, um, I definitely was not drinking well, but when I, when I was drinking, um, bourbon, it was always uh Jim beam white label. If I was like, uh, you know, wanting to, you know, live high on the hog, I'd get maker's mark, but, but, but who's, who's the person introduced you? Like you did, did you actually just go into the store and say like, I think I feel like drinking bourbon. Have you ever today. been to a fraternity party? I have. Yeah. So who gave me the bottle? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I will say probably the, the moment that I fell in love with it, it was, uh, it was probably on a you know fraternity bus on our way to new Orleans from Baton Rouge. Uh, we were there for like some kind of convention 
man, it just, it just, it felt, it, it was very tasty. I, I love the taste of it. And then uh, I found myself like ordering Jack or Jim um, instead of beer or sometimes both. And, um, you know, at that, at that young age. And then when I was, when I was in Iraq, I, you know, we couldn't, you know, it was against the, our general orders to, to have, um, you know, to have liquor or have anything. So I would have friends, um, you know, pour out Listerine bottles and mm-hmm. fill it with Jim Beam or Jack Daniels at the time. And cause so those were yours, those were your stupid bottles. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you were, if you were, if you compare like a traditional bottle of Listerine next to like Beam or Jack, they have the same color. So the MPs couldn't, uh, couldn't crack it open, you know, cause they couldn't, you know, they wouldn't necessarily, you know, think to look at that. But, uh, so that's how we used to do it. And I actually did have, there was a, a unit, um, that would go into like Northern Iraq in our bill and they would buy cases of, uh, of liquor and occasionally like the South African contingent that was there, they would break it out. So like bourbon is in my adult life, bourbon has always played a role in terms of like where I really fell in love with it. To be honest with you is with my wife, you know, because she's, she's a big bourbon drinker, like, you know, and I started, you know, I was just drinking it. Was I appreciating it prior to her? Probably not. But mm-hmm. I don't think I appreciated many things until my wife. Oh, oh yeah. wow. I'm going to make sure she gets that sound bite. What about you, Ryan? We're, we're, I, I think we talked, I think this was actually episode one, right? Episode one of Bourbon yeah. Pursuit is where we talked about ours, but let's go ahead and rehash yours. Yeah. So thinking back down memory lane, uh, it was in Bardstown, as you may or may not know where I'm <laughs> from. But uh, no, yeah, definitely you be proud first... of that man. That's oh, like, I know. You get yeah. like bourbon uh, royalty DNA in your blood. Yes, and a lot of connections. Yes, throughout. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, the first time it was like at a field party, <laughs> and uh, my buddy, his name's Pikey. I know weird name, but uh, he had uh, Evan Williams and Coke. Uh, and I was like, let me try that. And it was the first time I kind of ever drank it. I was like, oh, this tastes like sweet nectar. Like, this is this is amazing. And then from there, yeah, I just drank so much Jim Beam White Label in college. Oh, my God. I can't even drink it now. Like, can't even look at it because it brings back so many bad memories, but good memories. But uh, didn't really, like, start getting serious till I don't know, after college. I mean, my dad does a lot of work for the bourbon industry. He's a machinist, so he does tool and die repair. And I would deliver parts to him or for him to the different distilleries. And I remember, you know, just seeing the bottles, they would always give him stuff. And then I would take it to in college. (laughs) And so I I vividly remember taking like some Elijah Craig 21s and Noah Mills 15s and (laughs) taking them to college parties and like, totally mixing them with Coke or ginger ale <laughs> and like just had no clue what, you know, what I had. And, uh, so yeah, it just kind of progressed from there. And then like really start appreciating when I went, I went to school at Rutgers in New Jersey, kind of nobody there really knew it. So I kind of preached the gospel up there and kind of started really diving into it. And, um, and then I met Kenny and then found out there's, this whole world of collecting and trading and flipping and 
collecting, you know, all this stuff. And then, so you go down that rabbit hole and then I'm like, well, why don't we, I can't just like have the hobby. I got to start a business about it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) can't just leisurely enjoy bourbon with friends. So, uh, I'm like, let's start a podcast, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and now, you know, I, I'm no one's a stranger to me. And so like, I've just reached out to anybody that has the same interest in me. I'm, I'm not afraid to talk to them and reach out to them. So I've, I've met so many people that enjoy bourbon and it's been like crazy and it's cool because I'm from there. And when I grew up, no one gave a shit about it. And now everybody gives a shit about it. And, you know, just seeing, uh, this, the town flourish and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll, we'll touch more on like meeting new people and stuff with inside of bourbon. I'll, I'll kind of recap mine. I know I've probably said it before. Uh, I have the same sort of uh, coming to age tale as Fred over there. So I, I joined a fraternity on the University of Kentucky's campus. And I, I mean, I remember back it was $10 for a 24 pack of Natty Light. And being an undergrad, yeah, you always just get you have 10 bucks, you give it to uh, one of the juniors or seniors within the fraternity, they'd run out, you come back and like, that's your, uh, that's your, that's your drinking for the evening. Uh, however, I remember hanging out with, uh, some of the older upperclassmen and yeah, they were all sitting around drinking bourbon and Coke. And and back then our drink of choice was Kentucky Tavern. That was, that was our go-to. And that was kind of like my first introduction that they, they were actually known as, or, and the fraternity was actually known as one of the, the, the biggest bourbon drinking fraternities on campus. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing at the time, but because everybody knows what happens if you get a little too bourbon drunk when you're a little young and stupid. But back then, it was a, it was a it was a way to kind of get an introduction to it. So of course, mixing with bourbon and coke. However, at the time, you know, this was also a time when you're drinking not to sit there and enjoy. You're drinking to consume and, and have a good time. And you know, all that aside. You don't feel as bloated when you have a few bourbon and cokes after you do trying to have like eight to ten, eight to ten, twelve beers. So it it, it actually made you feel a little bit better going throughout the night. And <laughs> yeah. uh, now Some, the next morning, interrupt you. My dad's famous line is, and I think I said this on episode one: is if you're if you're drinking beer, you're watching the party. If you're drinking bourbon, you are the party. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always loved that line. But anyways, sorry. Out. Let's go on the next T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's sort of how it started for me. And, and ever since I did that, like I was always one person that was kind of like preaching, like always do bourbon and Cokes, uh, d- during college, it just seemed like the easiest way to do it. Uh, and not only that is me and my roommate at the time, we became social chairs, uh, social chair is a, uh, a nice word to say party planner for back in college in the fraternity days. And so our biggest, actually, this is what I truly miss about college is that your biggest worry is where we, where are we going to party on Thursday and Friday night? And that's, that's what you had to set up. And so back then UK was a very dry campus and you couldn't have any alcohol with inside the fraternity houses at all. So our goal was say, how do we have house parties and still serve liquor? And so what we did is we get we got those massive Gatorade jugs that you see on the sidelines of football stadiums, and we filled those. And it was one handle of Kentucky Tavern to two two liters of Diet Coke, and so everybody drank bourbon and Coke at the parties. And that's how we uh, we continued that to flourish for a while. But after after college, then 
is kind of when the appreciation started. Um, I didn't stop drinking bourbon. It was still bourbon and Cokes. And that's where the progression starts, where you start getting rid of the Coke, you start getting rid of the ice and you start learning to drink it neat. Uh, Old Forester became a staple for me. Um, every once in a while, splurging on small batch. You know, Fred, you, you talked about going back to the store and, and thinking of all those bottles that you could have had. My God, even I, I went to the liquor store and when I was there buying for parties, I would buy um, probably, gosh, 10 cases of six or 1.75 liters of, of Kentucky Tavern every single week. I don't think I even looked at any other bottles on the shelves. I always looked to figure out where could I get the cheapest price. You're like, ah, oh, that's overpriced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was, I didn't really know any better at the time. And to be honest, even when I, even after college, I didn't really know any better either. Um, I, I was drinking for was a small batch. I didn't know limited, limited editions even existed uh, until I was working at um, a company and I, I, there was a guy that worked there and we talked about bourbon all the time. You know, we, we'd sit there and talk about bottles. We, we come together and, and he's the one who introduced me to limited editions. And this was uh 2012, uh, late or early 2013 timeframe, something like that. And he's like, Hey, I got a few extra things. Uh, I'll just sell them to you at cost because I'm just overflowing. And, and so he sold me a four roses, 125th anniversary, an old rip squat bottle, uh, a, Jefferson's, I think it was 21, maybe. Um, there was, and, and they were all at retail. At the time, I was just like, oh gosh, like, like that's 80, a lot of money. 80 bucks a bottle? Like, you sure about this? And uh, and so that's that's kind of what got me onto that train. And then, of course, as as Jeremy said, you you find out about online forums, and then the whole world of different things start opening up to you of things that you never even knew existed. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think that's really where the rabbit hole starts for most of us. And I think that's kind of where the conversation keeps going for a lot of us here, because the online community is really where a lot of the relationships are built. Uh, it's also where a lot of relationships go to die and, and, and get, and get <laughs> let's be honest, there's a, there's a lot of butthurt that happens out there. <laughs> so feelings journals in the bourbon world. What are you talking about? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you mentioned one thing and then all of a sudden you got people either hating on you or loving you. So Jeremy, kind of talk about your introduction into like the, the bourbon online communities. So my buddy Tori said, Hey, yeah, I got this Pappy 15 because I finally found a good use for Facebook. Uh, so I got invited to one of those deals, uh, saw that, you know, my first love bourbon wise was Blanton's and I got on there and within five minutes, um, I saw somebody was selling a Blanton's that was dated in like 1988 and I didn't realize that whiskey existed before I drank it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, bought that 1988 Blanton's and still have about a quarter of it. Um, and really from there, it sort of just went into a network. You, you kind of almost fall into this accidentally and I'm sure that y'all's experiences are very similar. Um, but you know, you find some people that you've got good relationships with and now I'm a part of a few groups that I really proud to be a part of and it's been, uh, really cool. And, you know, I've got a network really across the country, coast to coast, and actually even out of the country just from those stupid Facebook groups. <laughs> can you, in like in most major towns, if you need to sleep on someone's couch, you, you oh, can yeah. do it through, through um, bourbon. 
I'm going to Florida for business on Friday, and I am crashing in the spare bedroom of a bourbon friend that night. No way. That's awesome. We're going to be drinking well. Have you met him before in person? Yes, a couple times. Um, Actually, he and I have not picked a barrel together, but we got to take part in what to me is my favorite part about a lot of this stuff is the charity component. Um, And there was a guy in Florida who um, had a really terrible cancer diagnosis and young guy, about 21 years old, 22 maybe. Um, And without getting super deep in the details of it, I went down there last year because we raised him about 17, 18,000 bucks. Uh, And I went down there to, uh, to go with him to present the money to him and his family. And that was the first time that I crashed at his, well, no, I didn't crash at his place, but we met that time. Um, you're like here's a, here's a check by the way can i stay in your spare bedroom yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so uh this is actually the first time i'm crashing at his house but we have met before um, but that's that's always a lot of fun and of course you know my my wife thinks it's ridiculous but yeah we're in this city i gotta go see this guy <laughs> um mm-hmm. so but yeah you get you get this network and i'm sure you guys are all the same uh, in that regard, you got kind of people all over the country that you know from random, you know, this guy helped me find this thing I was looking for. And of course, my my wife would say, well, why are you looking for that in the first place? You have 200 something, 300 something. <laughs> but this ooh, sounds all too familiar. <laughs> yeah, no, never heard that before, right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's, you know, you, you form these communities. We've We've been able to do a lot of good. Um, we've been able to do a lot of bad too, but, uh, but it's a lot of fun and it's this whole kind of separate world that you get to be a part of all around this brown water stuff that we all like to drink. Do Every you time, ever, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, you know, like you talk about like meeting up like with, with individuals, but do you ever like, uh, like throw get togethers where your, your buddies that you've met online or whatever, you guys go to a house or you go to a bar do you all have like special events or anything like that so nothing that's terribly scheduled but uh um one of the bourbon groups i'm in is called uh, uh karma and we did the first one was uh it's kind of always centered around barrel picks so about a summer of 2017 we all got together did a four roses pick a knob creek pick a couple other things that i'm not remembering right now um, but you know, there was a good 30, 35 of us that got together. Uh, remember we all went to Haymarket one night and that was a blast. Um, and it's all these people who I recognize from one single picture. Um, but it was really cool. So we, we've done that. Um, a couple of buddies, uh, we rebarreled a whole bunch of, uh, mash bill number one, I think it was from Buffalo trace. And we, uh, threw it up in a, barrel at a buddy's farm in Tennessee and we all got together about two months ago to see if it sucked. Um, and fortunately it didn't suck. <laughs> um, so we had a weekend at an Airbnb on the, on the river or lake or some body of water. And it's a, it's a great time. And so, and those people end up becoming some of your best friends. It was it's really, uh, really bizarre, but it actually ends up happening that way. Every time I go meet my bourbon or internet friends, my wife's like, what are you doing going to meet your internet friends? You're going to be on Dateline one of these times. 
the the barrel pick that I went to, my wife was convinced I was going to be raped and murdered. She was shocked <laughs> when I showed back up at the house. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I, I think we all get that that every once in a while. I think my wife is getting a little bit more attuned to it um, because, of course, you know, through our, our our community through Patreon, we we get emails all the time, and we try to make it when we can of people saying, you know, we'd love to just come and meet up for a drink, and and sometimes we can make it happen, and 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 she's always kind of like, all right, well, just make sure you text me underneath the table in case you need something. <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember one time I was going to meet up with. Kenny and a couple of Patreon guys, and uh, I got in the Uber, and Timmy's like, "Text me as soon as you get there, and like make sure as soon as you leave, text me." And I'm like, "Okay, I promise, I'm going to make it home. They're not going to kill me." We're a tag team. We can we can take anybody. Yeah, <laughs> but back to because, kind of. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say, you guys look tough. You can take them. Oh yeah, yeah. Kenny's not, but I am. No. <laughs> Just I kidding. I haven't worked out in a while. I gotta. I gotta he does P90X, wiry, and you're wiry. Yep, I am. So let's kind of back to the, you know, the community aspect of this. Um, you know, you had mentioned karma. I mean, are you are you in 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 with uh, other groups and stuff like that where you, you kind of find those ends? And I guess are there are there certain types of groups that create more bonds than others? If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S.com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns, from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. Are there certain types of groups that create more bonds than others? So... Community-wise, I'm a part of two groups that really are my bourbon community, I would say. Uh, one is Karma. That was a cost-plus-ship group, which I'm sure we'll talk about what that is. Um, but essentially, it's, you know, I, I because of that, I feel comfortable that if there's ever anything I want to try um, from some, uh, what's a good example? Um, I'm a Four Roses. That Four Roses is my top of the line. Um, particularly the OESO recipe and liquor barn had a, 
OESO barrel a month ago or so. Um, I got two bottles over there, and, but I'm down in Texas, and that's because of the connections I've made in my uh, cost, cost ship group, Karma. Um, that's been a great deal. You meet all kinds of great people. Um, then I'm also a part of a barrel picking group uh, called 21 Kings. And I've made a bunch of great connections there. I'm going, actually, I'm going to be up in Kentucky uh, in a couple of weeks to pick a Four Roses barrel and a Willet Rye barrel. And that's really, it started more as a, we want to be able to pick barrels and not share it among 200 people kind of thing. But, you know, you make these connections with people. There's, it, it's really interesting. There's not a lot that I've experienced in the world that bonds people together, like picking a barrel of bourbon. You. I don't know what the secret sauce in there. Well, I know what the sauce is, but (laughs) (laughs) the common denominator. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, you pick a barrel with somebody, your pals, um, you know, you talk, talk the whole thing through. It's a painstakingly excellent process if you do it right. And I've been really lucky to get to do it a few times and I'm really excited to get to do it again here in a couple weeks. Um, but it's been, a really cool experience you know you get to get uh really really good bourbon or rye or whatever it is you're picking uh, and you get to you know make connections with people that you wouldn't you, at least for me certainly i never would have made those connections otherwise mm-hmm. no i'm totally with you and I, I guess that 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 also kind of thinks about um you know, really, where does the relationship start, and how does it build? And and it, it I, I have the same things uh, with with two other buddies that really we we knew each or we didn't really know each other, and then we kind of found each other through bourbon, and then their their personal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you start knowing about their children, you know about their vacations, you know about um, you know where they're buying a house, their IRAs. And, yeah, everything. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's kind of like how it it, it kind of blips like that, where you, you and it, should I say, it really kind of snowballs, where you you kind of have this common foundation, and then from there you you start talking to them more than you did the people that you went to school with years ago, um, and and they become something because it, it seems like bourbon is like an everyday thing. It's constantly changing, and the people that care about it are always in tune with it. Yeah, absolutely. The, you know, it's really nice, you know, aside from just the personal connections, it's just great to have a network of fellow dorks that we can talk about that stuff with. <laughs> um, you know, there's, I, I live in San Antonio, which is, um, you know, it's got a good bourbon community here, but it's sort of um, from a maturity level. Uh, it, it really only became a big thing down here in the past three to six months. Um, so, you know, I, I always and, thought the Esquire bar had a really nice bourbon selection. The Esquire is fantastic. Uh, and, you know, they do the the, uh, the San Antonio Cocktail Conference down here. Which yeah, is really I come every I year. was in the back of the room last time you did one. You can stay uh, on this couch next time. Yeah, that's right. Do you mind? Uh, I mean, no, that, that ho- St. Anthony's expensive. Yeah, if you don't mind Golden Retriever sniffing around you, you, can, uh, you always got a couch here. Uh, but... Uh, there, there's a few people here and there, but like as compared to say like Houston, uh, with Houston's, I mean, and you, I know you guys had uh, uh, the Houston Bourbon Society on a, a while back. That's been a big deal for a few years now. Um, so, like, uh, just as an example, and I mean no disrespect in saying this, but in, in the San Antonio group, the Old Ezra Seven Year is a big damn deal right now. 
Um, and it's a good, it's an excellent drink and I, I really like it for what it is. But if you've been into the hobby really deeply for five plus years, then, you know, you're, you're drinking other stuff too. Um, so it's locally, it's not as far down the line as say like a Houston or obviously anywhere in Kentucky, um, which made the online community is a really great thing for us. And I guess another question with that is, are you seeing a lot of, I mean, are, so you have your local society um, and that's another place where a lot of people can go in and find some of those, those bourbon connections, those bourbon friends that yeah, they live in your local area. Most of the time you might find it on, you know, the, the Louisville page or the, the San Antonio page, and then you see each other in a meeting and then all of a sudden things can happen through there. Yeah. The, uh, it's funny. I'm hosting, uh, and you know, Ryan, you joked, uh, about IRAs, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's what I do for a living. And I can't tell you how many times one of my bourbon friends would send me a text message or an email. It's like, Hey, do you mind if I ask you about this thing? I'm so I actually do know about a lot about the IRAs of some of my bourbon friends. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have the SP. I don't know. It's a gift. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you end up, I, I just, right before we got on here, my uh, my buddy Josh Hayes gave me a call. I talked to him for about a half hour and bourbon didn't come up. Um, so you, it's it's really cool to have connections like that. You know, another thing that we kind of talked about earlier too is, and we'll kind of keep this train going with the, the kind of online community theme is we're talking about raffles um, and and how these these kind of groups that are based off raffles it also kind of creates a little bit of camaraderie um, because you've got people that either they all try to play the same number and they fight each other for it and they get to know each other through there or there's somebody that consistently wins somebody else's raffle all the time and so you have you have this also built into it even though it's an expensive hobby but it's something. Yeah, we uh, like in uh, in Karma, my my cost ship group. That's the stupidest thing in the world. But when uh, when Mega Ball went from fifteen numbers to seventeen or nineteen or whatever the number, not fifteen anymore, we were all very upset because that diluted our chances of winning stuff. Um, so we had to create our own weekly drawing, which is I got a bingo machine back there something somewhere so we did our own damn drawing because we i didn't want to split a bottle 17 ways i want to split it 15 ways but yeah you end up particularly in some of those secondary raffle sites you can lose just an absurd amount of money if you don't really check yourself yeah i hate kenny for introducing me to raffles and <laughs> risky whiskey in particular <laughs> yeah well after a while you you figure you know you, that's the reason I had, to delete, doing it. I had to delete social media during the week thanks a lot well after a while you, you end up as we were talking about earlier you kind of quit playing um but you know back to the the community aspect of this you know we, we look at it as as an opportunity as as well as to branch out you know, my, myself, uh, gotten to know people through these communities and, and, you know, Jeremy, as you mentioned, you, you'll travel and you go somewhere. Uh, you know, I've got connections now in, in a lot of States. And so you can, you can travel somewhere, uh, and know that you can confide in somebody and you can hang out and have a good time. You don't have to go and meet up at a bar somewhere to go and, and hang out. And ultimately, I don't know about you all. I'd actually rather go to somebody's house and, and dig into their collection and try something unique than I would to just rather meet up at a bar. Well, it's, it's funny. We, uh, my buddy Craig Lyman was here 
probably six months ago and there's uh three guys here locally that are a part of the uh, karma group that we're that we're all a part of and uh we went out to a bar to all meet up and it, about halfway through my trying that bob dylan whiskey um we all what realized you think that of that stuff I, and i hate to break off on that but what did you think of the bob dylan whiskey i wasn't a tremendous fan of it. oh it's gross isn't it <laughs> they didn't like it yeah i didn't um, like it at all it what's sorry. gross about it so there is a okay so it's 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 dickle and they got like the bottom of the barrel of the dickle barrels uh because it's just it's, it's like metallic you know there's like there's like this crazy like weird metallic note in there yeah there there was something to it that i had not tasted in a bourbon before and i don't mean that in a good way yeah. um and it it inspired us we were uh and you, Fred, you mentioned the Esquire. We were down the road from the Esquire, so maybe that was our problem. Um, <laughs> but we all, uh, that that drink inspired me to tell everybody, guys, the best bar in San Antonio for whiskey is at each of our individual houses. Can we please just go there? <laughs> um, so that's what we did, and it was a hell of a lot better than the Bob Dylan whiskey. Yeah. I'm well, sorry I interrupted you, but... I had to ask your opinion on it. No, I don't re- totally remember where I was going with that, but you're absolutely right. That stuff sucked. What about you, Fred? <laughs> I mean, have, have Fred, have you, have you had enough connections now when you go somewhere that you'd rather not go to a bar and you'd rather go to somebody's house and dive into a, you know, a, a Weller Gold Vein or William Lou Weller or some old dusty uh, Kentucky Tavern or Evan Williams or something like that? Well, I've had, you know, I've had some weird experiences um so, <laughs> please do share you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah i've had some weird ones uh but i'm you know and I, i'll say that i still like to see uh what's going on in the town five years ago i was like i don't want to go to a, a whiskey bar because i have everything and i don't want to spend that kind of money and i'd rather just kind of go hang out and see something else um now i'm kind of going back to the i feel like these these bars are working hard to you know promote my culture what i love and you know i gotta throw them a bone i gotta i gotta go in there and pay my respect to what they're doing so that's kind of how i think of it now is like i i don't think of it as like you know look at them and, and their prices is just what they are if they're price gouging you know i'll i'll be very vocal about that but and often too, like I end up correcting uh, spelling errors and menus. I mean, for God's <laughs> sake, why can't people spell Willet correctly? It's two T's. Um, but I, I feel like I have, I have a purpose, and I'm supposed I need to be visiting these great temples uh, that are bastions to whiskey. And you know, if, if they invite me in, I'm gonna, gonna show, you know, check it out. But indeed, do I like going to someone's house and going down in the basement? and seeing seeing the collection i mean that's like to me that's just it doesn't get better than that mm-hmm. now what's weird is when like you know i come in the house and then, so this work it's yeah. weird <laughs> and then the guy's wife's down there and i'm like oh oh uh, <laughs> and then she's were, like she's yeah. like who's this guy in the ascot who'd you bring yeah. oh man it just it can get weird. So I didn't sleep on their couch. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm going to get a hotel now. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 fun to to look at this and 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 look at the relationships that you do build over time um, because it, it does seem like a lot of these hopefully will stand the test of time. You never really know um, because, and I don't know, maybe this is another kind of question is, um, you know, as bourbon becomes more prolific and becomes more scarce, um, it's even harder to find these things. And, and really, I don't know how much bigger these networks that people are creating right now can actually get. Um, you know, can they get bigger or, or you feel like, you know what, I, I don't have any more room in my life for new friends. We're just going to kind of keep it where it's at. <laughs> well, for, for me, I mean, we, I don't know if we actually call the episode this, but you said the term finding your bourbon people. Um, for me, selfishly, I found my bourbon people. Um, my biggest group of people that I care about is about 150 people. And that's about as big as it needs to be. And we're all having um, like, I don't know when this is going to air, but right now there's this whole BSM uh, bourbon secondary market thing going on on Facebook. We couldn't care less. Um, and it's been incredibly entertaining for us because I know because I've established my community that there's not really anything that's going to come out that if I really want to try it, I can't try it. Um, from a store pick that comes out to I've got a buddy with a bottle of Red Hook Rye that I'm going to see if I can't finagle an ounce of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bottle. If, if you can find your, your community, then these groups of 50-some thousand people really don't matter all that much. So I guess yeah. another question is, is um, so you found your people. Um, we, we've already decided three's enough. We're not bringing on a fourth co-host, so we've got our people. <laughs> Uh, but how do you, what would you say is, is a good way for people to start getting introduced and, and sort of like find their, you know, find their, uh, I guess you'd say their missing connections, their yings of their yangs of, of the bourbon community. To me, every, every good bourbon connection I've come into is because somebody was doing something nice for somebody else. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, there's last year, uh, Alamo city liquor here had a, fantastic Elijah Craig pick bought a bunch of it and helped some friends that otherwise wouldn't have been able to get it, um, get it. And they became good friends. And that favor has, I've been on the receiving end of that favor, you know, from different places all over the country. Um, and great bourbon connections for me rarely come from trying to price gouge somebody on a, whatever store pick of the month it is. Um, but if you, you know, just be cool with people and treat everyone, this is, you know, I guess cliche, but treat people the way you'd want to be treated. Um, you'll end up knowing some really cool folks and that's what's in, that's what's happened to me. And that's the advice that I typically give people. I'm between karma and 21 Kings. I really don't need to know anybody else. Um, I'm thrilled to know you guys. Um, uh, but, uh, can I be your friend? <laughs> we, we can be friends. Yeah, of course. But J Jeremy, one of my favorite things is like I get, you know, when 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 I travel, I do often like just kind of connect with someone who's a listener or a reader and just like uh, or you know follows me on Instagram. I I really do try to make an effort when I'm out to like go hang out with people. And uh, my favorite thing to do is like learn about their jobs, you know, yeah. because I find that. We have, um, in, in people's, people's beliefs, 
Because what I have found is, is that bourbon is not, it doesn't attract just one race or one occupation or one uh, political or religious belief. I mean, it attracts everybody. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is what's so beautiful about this category is that I could be in a room with a staunch Democrat and a staunch Republican, and they absolutely hate each other politically, but they'll just sit there and talk about how beautiful um, a new riff barrel pick is. And they'll, and they'll talk about that. Now, if they have three, they might get into some, uh, some fighting, but <laughs> once they cross the threshold, but it's kind of like, you know, um, Henry Clay, you know, the great Kentucky statesman, he said, he once said that, uh, bourbon was used to lubricate the wheels of justice. And <laughs> like it's that. like this great, like door opener for conversation. Well, and I think even if you have the three drinks, if you had come at, come at each other from a place of respect, I mean, one of my uh, one of my good friends that I've met, uh, Andrew Goodman, is a very far left person. I am not, um, and he lives in New York City. I was there for a business meeting. Uh, we went to one of the bars there. He bought me some vintage seventeen rye, uh, or no, vintage twenty one rye, um, and we talked politics for a good hour. And we walked out of there not hating each other. And it's magic how that happens nowadays. You, you practically can't do it. Um, yeah. What problem did you solve? I want to know. Oh, no, I'm kidding. Absolutely <laughs> none. Um, we, we solved the problem of how to get more OESO for roses, but we didn't really <laughs> solve any, uh, any national issues. Although that's become a national issue. Uh, <laughs> for sure. But, you know, it's it's a conduit for really good conversation, too, like that, that I never would have had otherwise. And we continue to have it frequently. And then when it gets to be too uh, too much, we both say, hey, you know, uh, we don't want to fight with each other. Let's have a drink. Mm-hmm. So I had kind of talked about it earlier, um, you know, with with my connection, pretty much my, my mentor who taught me that these are what limited edition releases are. And he was able to, like I said, he, he gave me it uh, at, at, at cost. So just to make sure that I'm not the only one with a story like this, I want you all to kind of talk about what are what are those relationships that you formed that you've gotten like a really, really good bottle of bourbon out of it just because of fostering a relationship like that. I, I've had a lot I've had a lot of guests. Um and the the gentleman you know, the gentleman passed away. Unfortunately, he was, uh, his name was Dell Hamilton and he, um, he was like the last, uh, he was the guy who like got cola approvals for, uh, Stitzel Weller. And he was like the last, uh, you know, last guy from United Stillers, the, you know, before, you know, before they closed Stitzel Weller. And so he has this, you know, he had, an incredible collection. And I helped him figure out what some things were, what some bottles meant. And, you know, we just, and he came to my legend series at the Kentucky Derby museum and we just, we just became friends. I, I would visit him at Christmas, you know, he would come and we'd have lunch. He'd play with my kid. And, um, he gave me a 1935 bottle of Weller. Wow. And it was like a green, green label blend. And, uh, it was fantastic. And the first time I opened it, I cracked it open with um, uh, Tom Colicchio from uh, Top Chef. It was just that right after my Top Chef appearance. 
and I wanted to celebrate with them. And so I, I cracked it open with them. So I had like two, two really cool friends, you know, that, that, uh, that, that bottle kind of connected me to. Yeah. Coming out of the gate strong here. <laughs> yes. Right. Ryan, I think you should follow that. Well, I've, I've had some great connections and relationships with people like Bill Thomas was kind enough to invite me to his house and, uh, stayed the night crashes. We didn't crash his couch. We had a room, but, um, but just his collection, like he, we were at his bar and he's like, guys, let's just go to my house. It's so much better here. And he had a green, you know, green label or not green, though, green bottle Van Winkle Rye, one of the early editions. It's one of the best bottles I've ever had. Uh, Drew Colesveen grew up with him from Willits. I mean, he's, he's one of the kindest, generous people. He shares a ton of stuff with me, but the, the one, the person I remember the most is probably my brother-in-law. Um, I won't name any names, but he works at Heaven Hill and, uh, he likes bourbon, but he knows how like obsessed I am with him. And he always goes out of his way to, uh, give me like a Parker's or an old Fitz release that just came out. Like he always is just finding ways to give me something. And I always cherish that. So it's all, it means a lot to me. That's, that's a relationship by blood. That's hardly fostered over bourbon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But we, we, we grew up friends before, you know, brother-in-laws. We were friends before, so. But, uh, yeah, those those are the bottles that are that mean the most to me. Absolutely. I mean, in my case, it was really about people knowing what my tastes are. And as I kind of grew up in the hobby and grew up in the community, I would have people that would know the things that I enjoy and would suggest that I try something. And oftentimes the suggestion would come with a, two ounce bottle of it uh, showing up at my doorstep. And that's how I figured out that I loved national distillers products. Um, some, I was telling somebody kind of the things that I liked about certain things that were my favorites. And then before I knew it, there was a bottle of 1960s old granddad bonded um, that showed up at my doorstep. And I guess I should be upset with them because it's caused me to lose a whole lot of money after that. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that sounds like Ryan. Ryan went on a huge old granddad kick for a while. Oh it, gosh, yeah. Really, it, for me, any of that old National Distiller stuff is really just killer. It kind of hits me right in whatever my sweet spot is for whatever reason. I'm telling um, you, we're we're bourbon friends now. There you go. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm stuck to send you, um, but uh, that for me is the big is one of the cooler parts of the community is you know people who know you and i know other people's tastes and if i see something uh for example i got a buddy who's a big uh q lover at four roses and i am not uh and anytime i see a really good q i know exactly who it's it's going to a, a cpa office in indiana um because I just I, I I know that's somebody that will appreciate it far more than I. That's, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, and and I think that's a good way to kind of start wrapping this up because we you know we really hit on a lot of the things of really how how do we how do we find your bourbon people right? I mean, it, it all starts by a, a friend or somebody introduces you to bourbon. It's very rare that any of us just stumble it on our own or. Um, or maybe, maybe you, you do get turned on to it by social media or for, um, you know, the general media TV or purposes and stuff like that. But for the, the majority of us, there's somebody that gives us that introduction. And I think that we have all been in a situation to, and 
I know anybody that's probably listening to this podcast, you know, you're you're one of the you're one of the geeks out there. You're one of the people that truly hone in on this craft and you really appreciate it. So odds are is that you're sharing the love of bourbon with somebody else. And so that's just how everything continues to flourish and grow. And then from there, yeah, then it becomes like, oh, add me on Facebook. Let me add you to a few groups. And then <laughs> at that point, you you've just you're you're all in and as as Jeremy had mentioned earlier, the boxes just start showing up on your front door and and your PayPal account gets a little lower. But that's just how it works. <laughs> that's just how it works. So, uh, gentlemen and Jeremy, thank you so much for for joining tonight. Uh, this is uh, again a fun topic, um, and you know I'll go ahead and kind of let you kind of say what you're going to say there. I don't think I was going to say anything. Um, <laughs> but but now you, are, you have to. Now you have, have to. to. Yeah. You're on looking at me um no it's it's the the rule of thumb is just i mean and i guess it's the rule of thumb for more than just the bourbon community but don't be an asshole um (laughs) yep so you know if you if you just be a nice guy it's amazing what kind of connections you're coming up with and 21 kings is picking a barrel of uh will it rye here in a couple weeks and i'm fortunate enough to be one of the people doing it and i never would have gotten the chance to do anything like that uh, had I not been able to be a part of these communities and it's really cool. It's some of the coolest experiences I've gotten to have. And I'm really thankful for that. You know, I guess the other bad thing about being in these communities too, is uh, I, I didn't realize for years I could just drive down to Willet and just go pick up bottles in the gift shop. And <laughs> I could have been doing it. I could have been doing it all along and I just, I just didn't know. So <laughs> That's the that's the bad part of it, but it's uh, it's also a good thing because you have a lot more appreciation for what you do have. So um, again, everybody, thank you so much for for joining tonight. Um, Jeremy, do you have any kind of social handles or anything like that where people can find out more about yeah, you? Anybody who wants to, I guess. Uh, I'm around on Facebook, Jeremy Mandel, Twitter at Jeremy Mandel, uh, Instagram at Jeremy Mandel. If you want to talk to me for some strange reason, I'm available. <laughs> you never know well i know where to send uh if i see an oeso i know exactly right. who to call send all of your oesos to me uh and i'll figure out some way to repay you that you'll be happy about very interesting <laughs> very interesting i know you kind of want to just go pick a whole barrel of oeso now just see I know, what we can get time. out of them <laughs> i actually <laughs> did i like i have one uh it was from my uh picks from the icons of whiskey when i picked those fucking Which good too. was that the the 17 or 18 or yeah, we had all the recipes. It was, I think that was a, I think it was like a 11 year old. Yeah, that was, I think the 2017 one. That was really good. Yeah. It's incredibly dorky that I can just pull that out of my head. But, <laughs> you know, it's yeah, every that OES was, that's yeah, ever so been that, bottled. So that was when I was with uh, Whiskey was Magazine. And yeah, that we did that. And that was like the only, one of the only times you saw all the, all the recipes. And that was back when four roses. I mean, I think they brought out 40 barrels for, for us to taste and yeah. God, you're lucky if you get four now. So right. yeah, it's the way of the world now. Yep. All right. Yep. So let's go ahead and we'll, we'll sign off. So again, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, it was a pleasure talking to you and, and seriously, thank you so much for bringing this topic up because it's, it's fun to, to kind of, you know, really take a retrospective look into really kind of how we all got here and and why many people are still actually listening to this podcast because they all have some sort of coming of age tale that's probably very, very similar. 
So make sure you check out Jeremy on all those social handles. Make sure you check out Bourbon Pursuit as well as Fred Minnick on the, the Twitter, the Facebook, and the Instagrams. And if you're like Jeremy and you want to help support the show, he's part of our community. You can be part of our community as well. Patreon.com slash Bourbon Pursuit. So thank you, everybody, that is a part of it. And thank you, everybody, that joined in the chat and watched us live. Another perk of just being a part of the community is you can be a part of these things as they're happening and uh, be able to just chat along with us. So with that, thank you, everybody, and talk to you all next week.